welcome. I am not on staff here. Uh, that should be obvious, I guess, maybe. Um, but I just go to church here, and they ask me to uh, open up this series in the book of Romans. So I always, you know, my line has been for years, you know, they get paid to be good. I'm just good for nothing. So, uh, but my name is Ben Tool. My wife, great job wearing the blue and gold dress. How about the Mountaineers? No doubt the whole time. It's not. Um, but anyway, it made me think of this, uh, this movie. Uh, maybe you've heard it. It's, more, it's my favorite Christmas movie, Scrooged, with Bill Murray. Uh, and he's going to promote Scrooge because he works for this TV company. He's like, here's what I would do. And he plays this promo video to, of Scrooge. And it's like, uh, he's like, they've got to be so scared to miss it, so terrified. And the promo starts, and it's this woman screaming. And it's like, acid rain, death. And it's like, what is happening? And uh, this bomb blows up. And then it says this, more than ever, it is important to remember the true meaning of Christmas. Don't miss Charles Dickens' immortal classic, Scrooge. Your life might just depend on it. And then the lights come on and everybody working there is like, dude, you can't play that on TV. He's like, why not? It's great. And they're like, no, seriously. So in, in a way, as he's trying to sell this, I'm going to try to sell you why you should engage in the book of Romans. And your life might just depend on it for real. So for the next, I don't know, several weeks, we're going to be looking into this formable letter um, written by one of the greatest heroes of the faith. So, so what is Romans? What's it about? Who wrote it? Why did he write it? Um, and, and here's the thing. Why, why a letter written... 2007 years ago, what does it have to do with me right here, right now in 2021? Um, all these questions I'm going to try to answer with the one goal. You don't want to miss this series, and your life might just depend on it, for real. Um, and it's pretty easy for me to kind of sell this thing because it's changed my life. You know, I think of all kinds of stuff. I think of Romans. When I think of Romans, I think of Romans 8. Um, and we're going to talk about that, not today, but like, therefore, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Man, that sounds great. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. It says, and we now know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Um, it says, what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Um, it says, who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble, hardship, all these things? No, in all things we are more than conquerors, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nothing can separate us. I mean, this is, that's just one little chapter, and we're going to talk about that. Um, I think of the Roman road, which we're going to talk about here at the end, um, and I think of Romans 7. Listen to this. I forgot my readers. I'm an idiot. And this is in blue ink, because we are poor. We don't have black ink at our house. So I said, well, what if I make it blue, and it printed great? Anyway, uh, it says, listen to this, see if this resonates. But I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. For I do not, man, this is great. <laughs> Whose are these? Oh, good. Who, whose are these? You got to clean these things. How do you see? Okay. Oh, gosh. I, I can't even see through those. This is way better. Okay. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Anybody vibing with this? And it says this, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? And I'm thinking, this book gets me. Uh, for I do what I don't want to do, and what I want to do, I don't do. What, what, what's, what's, what's my problem? And the, and the book of Romans kind of explains it. 
I love how it ends. It says, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So I can go on and on for the next, I don't know, 10, 11. They never really told me how many weeks. They, I've heard different, I don't, it doesn't really matter. We're just going to engage in this thing. And I'm, I'm going to dare you to do that. I think, I promise, I think if you do this, it could change your life. So this is an all-in uh, type of sermon series. And here's what I mean. Our hope is that you would listen to this uh, every week. Um, if you can't come to church or you miss it, it'll be online. You can go listen to that every, every sermon. Um, second, we put together a reading plan. You hopefully got it when you came in. It looks like this. So there's a reading plan. It starts tomorrow, week one. There's only five readings a week. We hope that you would do that. Um, just a few verses a day, 10 or so verses. Um, and then on the back, because you're like, well, I don't, I don't really read scripture. Well, you're gonna. Okay. <laughs> Like, I think you should. I, I was that guy too. I didn't read scripture, and I started reading, and it changed my life. And, I'm gonna, and that's what I'm going to tell you today. We even say, here's how you can read it. S-O-A-P, SOAP. Uh, here's my, like, here's how I did it. SOAP stands for scripture. So you'll read like 10 verses in Romans 1 and 1. You're just going to write down. Like I wrote, here's Acts 1, 12 to 26. This was done on April uh, something. Anyway, it says, the, the scripture I wrote down were, oh yeah, these are great. All joined together constantly in prayer. That was my scripture. Then, oh, observation. Uh, okay, they were together. They devoted themselves to prayer constantly. Um, they were waiting together. Okay, that's my observation. And application. Pray. That's simple. That's what I got out of that. Pray. And then my P is prayer. Lord, bring it to my attention right away, the importance of prayer at the get-go. Alert, alert, pray. Okay, so that's it. So we gave you, so we're getting... We're getting 10 weeks of this or whatever, the SOAP method. And that's my biggest challenge for you that I think will change you. I dare you to engage in the living word of God. I, I dare you. Triple dog dare you. For the word of the Lord, it just says in Hebrews 4, for the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That, this thing's alive. God can speak to you through his word. What a powerful thing to do. I'm just saying. It's good stuff. Another way we're going to do uh, uh, to engage with this is Monday through Friday, 8 a.m., we have these Facebook Live. We're going to, uh, somebody uh, around the church is going to be on there at 8 a.m. talking about um, walking through these passages together. We can learn from each other. Again, if you missed that, you can jump right back in anytime they're still posted. Um, and lastly, if you're online, um, by the way, hey, everybody online, forgot about that. Um, we're going to have a virtual lobby. So at the end of every sermon, you can get on there, click the button, and enter a Zoom room. Well, somebody will be in there uh, to talk about what we're, where we're going and what we're doing with this thing. So um, anyway, so I'm triple dog daring you, and now I'm going to kind of sell this thing in a second, uh, but let me pray before we get started. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to just talk about this stuff. So Lord, uh, let us be alert for the next couple hours as we dive into the scripture in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just kidding about the couple hours thing. So it starts out, it says, Paul, Romans 1, 1 says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. So Paul, who was he? 
Who was Paul before he wrote this? In Philippians 3, it says this. He was circumcised on the eighth day, the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic, faultless. So a Pharisee, right? This was a a sect of Judaism hyper-devoted to the law. I mean, he had trained under this guy named Gamaliel, right? I mean, he was like a Rhodes Scholar of, of Judaism, um, and you didn't choose a guy like Gamaliel, he chose you. He's like the Mr. Miyagi of Phariseeism, right? So he's teaching, and that, that's how he learned all this stuff. And so Paul would have had most of the Hebrew scriptures memorized. He was proficient in multiple languages. He was zealous, not just for knowing the laws, but keeping them. He even says, man, hey, if you guys think you're good, I, I'm better. I was good at being good. That's kind of who he was. He was so zealous, in fact, that he went after Christians. We might think, well, that's a bad thing. Well, he, he didn't. He actually thought it was a good thing. He thought Christians were the enemies of God. And he would go out and try to kill them, which is part of his dilemma here. He started to realize that his zeal for being good had led him to a kind of a bad place. Religion caters to the worst parts of us. Pride, self-centeredness, judgmentalism, self-righteousness, bigotry. That's sort of the road Paul was going down, which, you know, if you do the math, religious people equals the worst. That's who Paul was. But going back to verse 1, it says this, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. Okay, so now he's serving the very thing he was against? Well, what happened? See, I'm just going to blow this all in one sentence. Paul had a personal encounter with Jesus. And he traded in religion for a relationship. And it changed it all. In a moment, that's what happened to Paul. And so we see in this, the entire book of Romans, this is sort of the way Paul sees himself, us, mankind, and how he sees God, and how those things combine. So this is really Paul's dissertation of, hey, this is how I came to know this Jesus, and man, it changed my life, and gosh, I wanted to change yours. And he wrote this letter to the church. It's, it's what happened with this old monk a long time ago by the name of Martin Luther. He was ready to throw in the towel. Back then, in the 1400s or whatever, the, the, you, there was the thought that if, I, if you become a monk, then you're for sure going to get to heaven. That's what he thought. He became a monk. He began praying and asking God to forgive his sins. And he just realized, man, this isn't working. He would pray for hours and hours, hey, God, forgive my sins. And he would get up and realize, man, I just sinned again. He was about to, like, literally quit the faith. And he read a verse in Romans that changed it for him. And I'm, we're going to hit that later. So it says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, the Greek there, doulos, slave, the lowest of the low. He, he was born a free man. Paul was. But the fact is, everybody's a servant. You serve something or someone right now in your life. You do. You serve something or someone. What is it for you? Is it a job? Maybe your kids? I I don't know what it is for you. But Paul changed masters. As we get into the letter, we see that he had been a slave to sin and legalism. Now he says, I'm gladly a, a slave to Jesus Christ. It's the opposite of what he was. See, as a Pharisee, 
His zeal and religion, you know, kind of elevated him above other people. But now he sees his relationship to Jesus as a way to lower himself, to serve others. As a Pharisee, when he encountered people who were sinful and had problems, he'd say, man, you deserve it. Look what you're doing. You deserve punishment for that. But now he would say, yeah, I had a lot of problems too, but I'm glad Jesus didn't stop coming after me. As a Pharisee, when people, you know, treated people wrong or treated him wrong, he would treat them wrong back. That's how life works, right? But now he would say, man, I treated Jesus badly too, and he just kept running after me. It's a love I can't understand. This, is, this was Paul's life in this intersection with Jesus, and he was transformed. Because here's the thing, guys, listen to me. I know a lot of people in my life. Man, I could ask them some biblical questions that I honestly don't know the answer to, and they, they, they have some answers. They can answer a lot of Bible questions. They're like, well, yeah, I go to church every Sunday. And I go, okay. Uh, I mean, I go, I'm in a Bible study. Oh, okay. But they don't know him. They don't know. I mean, really know him. I, I, this, that last song we sang, I sang it different because I know him. I mean, I can go sit in my garage today. It doesn't make me a car. You get that? Do you know him? I believe if you engage in this series, you're going to have the opportunity to seriously know the God of the universe in a way that maybe you've never understood it before. Because Paul was transformed. Has that happened to you? Maybe this is the point where that'll start to happen as we engage in the scriptures. So I'm just trying to paint the picture of who wrote this thing and why it's worth looking into. You know, I went on this gigantic fishing trip out in Montana at the beginning of August. It's amazing. Um, but you know what we did? I read a book on trout fishing. Why? Because the guy is a trout fisherman and said, hey, here's what you do when you're in Montana. Then guess what? We listened to podcasts going out there of a guy that actually fished the streams we were going to fish. Why? Because he's an expert. This is, this is Paul going, hey, listen, this is what happened to me. This is who you are, this is who God is, and this is how it combines. And he wrote a letter. And so I'm saying that's why it's worth engaging in this thing. And this is the guy in Acts 14. I wanted to throw this up. I don't know if I gave you this, Kate. Um, I did. I'm amazing. Um, it says, <laughs> I usually forget all that stuff. Uh, it says, then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up. And went back into the city. I mean, this is something that Paul was willing to die for. And his buddies were like, dude, don't go back there. They want to kill you. He's like, it's worth it. i got to tell them about Jesus. They've got to know this. That's who wrote this. He writes to say, hey, here's who we are as humans. This is who Jesus is as revealed by the gospel. And so this is like Paul's gospel letter to humanity. And he's cutting no corners. So you get to see it all. Okay, so that word, right? What's the gospel? It says set apart for the gospel of God. What is it? Um, the word gospel, uh, it's a word I can't pronounce. Euangelio. I don't know what it is. Greek word. I don't know. It literally means good herald. So when, the, when the, a victory was won on the battlefield, they would go and announce, hey, this has been won. We've done this. So it's good news. The gospel really just means good news. It's not really advice to follow. It's something that's already been there. It's done and said. 
That's what the gospel is. In the entirety of scripture, from Genesis 1-1 all the way to the end of Revelation is pointing to the gospel. That's what the gospel is. It's a declaration of God's righteousness. The perfection and holiness of God seen through the life of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. Again, it's, it's why I'm here right now. It's, it's what changed my life and what could change yours. And as we look at this, I, I, I thought of this. Remember the Titan scene? Uh, when the coach is like, all right, Coach Boone. And he's got all these guys at football camp. And he said, everything we do is going to be changing. He said, we're going to change. We're going to change the way we run. We're going to change the way we eat. We're going to change the way we block. We're going to change the way we tackle. We're going to change the way we win. In the same way, I think this can happen to us as we engage in the Roman series. If we drink this gospel in, it can change the way we, you see yourself. It'll change the way you see others. It'll change the way you see Jesus. It'll change the way you deal with conflict. It'll change the way you parent. It'll change the way you live life. It'll change the way you fill in the blank. That's the power of the gospel. That's what it does. That's what Jesus wants to do in your life. He said, I made you and I, I know you. I want in. I go back to Romans 12. You know, I think of that. That's a huge piece of scripture that we'll talk about in the series. It says that, you know, that we no longer conform to the pattern of this world because that's who we are by nature. That's what we do. But we will be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's what happens as we engage in Scripture. Listen to what Tim Keller says about the gospel. This is crazy. The gospel has been described as a pool in which a toddler can wade and yet an elephant can swim. I don't get that. It is both simple enough to tell a child and profound enough for the greatest minds to explore. That's the gospel. That's the pool that we're going to swim in in the next 10 or so weeks. We're going to talk about things like next week. We're going to talk about uh, who we really are by nature as humans. Then we're going to talk about how Jesus and the gospel fits into that. We're going to talk about how we deal with suffering and hardship. We're going to talk about, like, what is amazing grace? We're going to talk about uh, how come if we're free and we're Christians and all that, uh, we still uh, sin and we still struggle with that. Anybody? I mean, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what it looks like to live out the gospel. We're going to talk about uh, how do I love someone that just ticks me off all the time and I just think they're bad and I, I hate them. Because the gospel says, well, yeah, yeah, that, that's who you got to love. Well, how do you do that? Those are the things, those are the subjects we're going to hit. It's going to be fun. And it's going to be challenging. Because there's stuff, like the, 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 there's stuff that you wade in. It's like, man, I get that. But there's stuff I've read in Romans. I'm like, I don't even know what. What is that? I don't even know how to do that. And we're going to talk about it together. We're going to engage with it together. We've got the Facebook thing. The staff here, seriously, I'm not kidding. They, they've, they've done such a great job that, to give us the opportunity to do this. So it's on you if you don't. It's not written on my page, but it's on you. Engage, I dare you. I triple dog dare you. Okay, that was Romans 1.1. Okay, we got 16 more verses. <laughs> Shoot, what time is it? Okay. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go through all of them, just most of them. Uh, so I'm going to read the first seven verses. Do I look good in these? These are great. Thank you. 
Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. So we talked about Paul, who he is, who he was. He wrote it, okay? Set apart, we talked about the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel he promised beforehand through the scriptures and the holy scriptures regarding his son, who as to his human nature was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the son of God by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and for his name's sake, we receive grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from the faith. And you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Did you know that you were called to belong to Jesus? Sing. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. Grace and peace to you from our God, our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's other things in there. Um, Paul is writing this church in Rome, right? They, they, they've, they've understood this gospel, and he wants them to experience it. He even says, man, I want to impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong so that you and I will be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. He says that in verse 11. That used to be my uh, Christian verse I would send to Laura before we got married. I'm like, hey, I love Jesus. Let's, we'll be mutually encouraged because well, let's love Jesus together. You want to marry me? Anyway, that's kind of what I use. That was our verse. But this is Paul going, man, I want to engage because you guys are cranking. I want to learn from you. And man, maybe I can impart to you some stuff too because there's stuff you're doing that's a little wild. So how did these Christians get there? Paul didn't start this church. And as we read through the scriptures, we, we don't think Peter did either. So these Christians are just chilling in Rome. And we see Priscilla and Aquila, they're, they're written about in the book of Romans. They were converts of Paul. They just somehow got there, maybe. That's kind of, and so all of a sudden, you know, uh, they were meeting in the catacombs, but soon they were the Christians throughout Rome. And, and, and Paul says, I thank God for you, right? Here's the, here's the kicker that I love. Verse 8, I know I didn't give you that one. Because your faith is being reported all over the world. The Christians in Rome had this world-famous faith. Paul said, everywhere I go, I hear about your faith. i got to come and check it out. I mean, what a reputation. I mean, in Rome, it's not the exact easiest place to be a Christian, right? I mean, this is like Rome was Sin City. I mean, it's the Las Vegas of the Mediterranean, man. I mean, Nero was emperor. He was throwing, like, I'm not even going to say the word, but parties that are, you know, crazy. Clothes were definitely optional, you know. But I'm being honest, that's, that was Rome. And people were, were there and, and, so, and, and trying to live out Jesus. And Paul's like, hey, I'm, I got to come and like, I got to hear what's going on here. What about us in this church? I mean, what, what, is, what, is, um, what do you think people ought to be known as in a church? That, uh, the size of the church? The, the cool building? The awesome music? The teachers? The pastors? Rome was known for their faith. It was world famous. What, what, would, what if people said that about this church? What if people said that about you? When, you're, when they lay you down in the coffin, they'd be like, J.D. was just a dude of faith, man. I, I guess that's all I can say. I'd be great if that's what they said about me. Paul says, I love this, I'm not ashamed, Romans 1, 16 and 17. 
I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. Okay? A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Again, this is the thing that changed it all for Paul. The power of the gospel for the salvation of all who believe. I looked up the word all. It means all. I looked it up in every language that I know, which is just English, but still. It means all. It means all. That's you. All. You were meant for so much more. And Paul screams it through the letter of the Romans. He screams it. The verse that changed it all for Martin Luther, I mentioned earlier, it's this, Romans 1.17. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Luther realizes, oh man, I can't earn this on my own. I can't pray enough. I can't be on my knees enough. I, it doesn't work. Light bulb. And he goes, I'm in now. I'm in. The only way I can do this is because Jesus did it for me. That is the gospel. It changed Martin Luther's life. Romans 1, 17. Love that. So I'm going to end here with what I think is just the simple, because I want you to know what the gospel really is. Just the simplest form. And we're going to like, I mean, we're talking, we're going to really wade in like an inch of water here, but it's profound. It's called the Roman road. So if you have your Bible, I want you to get it out. If you don't have a Bible, we, man, I'd love to get you one, seriously, but you need a Bible. We're going to write in it. You allowed to do that? I hope, because if not, I, I'm done. This is a workbook for me. So we're going to write in our Bibles. If you have your Bible, I want you to get a pen. I'm serious. If it's not your Bible, do it anyway, Okay. Somebody needs to know this. So on the front, so this is called the Roman Road. It's just four verses. There's fill-ins too. So if you don't have your Bible, fill in the blanks and then do this when you go home. If you don't have a Bible, I dare you to go buy one today. Um, or have somebody else buy you one. Say, hey man, when you buy me a Bible, what are they going to say? No? All right. <laughs> now I'm going to have like 20 people be like, hey dude, you want to buy me a Bible? <laughs> I guess. All right. So right on the very front, you can't see it anymore, but it says... Go to Romans 3.23. So everybody do that. Write that on the front of your Bible somewhere so you see it. And then if you lose your Bible, man, somebody could look at that. Now go to Romans 3.23, and then you're going to underline, and it says this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay, that's the first part of the gospel. Thank you, Paul. This is why the world is the way it is if you were wondering. We're all sinful, we're all diseased, and it's a hot mess. That makes, actually, that makes sense. People are like, this is really bad news. Not really. It makes sense to me. This is why the world is the way it is. We all have this sin problem. So that's Romans 3.23. Luke Bryan writes a song. I don't know what he's thinking, but he's famous and can do whatever he wants. Uh, but one of the lines in the song says, I believe most people are good. I really don't, th I don't think you read through the book of Romans, Luke. Because uh, what I think, I'm going to write a song that says, I think everybody's bad. That's what I want to <laughs> 
I want to write a song that says everybody's bad. I mean, look, right before it, it says there's no one righteous, no one, not even one. There's no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. He keeps going, and then he says for, for all have sinned and fall short. Okay, so we're all in the same place, all of us right here, me, you, everybody. That's Romans 3.23. Now, right next to that, I have an arrow, and I have six dot, dot, 23. So you're going to go to Romans 6, 23. Okay, there's only four verses here, so this is no no problem. You read over to 6, 23, and it says, and you're going to underline it, because it says, for the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's Romans 6, 23. Okay, so it says, okay, so there's a consequence to this. For the wages of sin is death. So uh, for the wages of working McDonald's is like, I don't know, 35 bucks an hour. If you, it's probably not that much, but... If you work at McDonald's for an hour, you're going to get $35. For the wages of sin is death, eternal separation from God. Not just physical death, hell. Separation from God. That's why the world is so jacked up. We've got a problem. But then the biggest but in all of Scripture, but, what does it say? The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So right next to that, I want you to write 5 dot dot 8. You're going to go to Romans 5, 8, and it says this. uh, Underline it. It says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like you, if you were the only one, you were spitting in his face, you were pounding the nails, he would have gladly died for you. It's a love that you, you just can't, the second that you start understanding God's love, it's, it's, it's way more than that. It's, it's this ridiculous love. That once you stack hands, he begins to reveal this love to you and you can't even handle it, it's so much. So we're all sinners. There's a consequence. But Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Now the last one, right? 10, 9. You go to Romans 10, 9. It's the last verse. It says this, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. That's the gospel. Well, that's, that's your way. That's, that's like heaven. And yeah, that's it. Well, Isn't it more than that? No. You can't do it. He died a perfect, blemished, unblemished lamb in your place on the cross. Confess he's Lord, you're in. That's the gospel. That's it. That's what happened with Paul. He said, I want that. And everything changed for Paul, it's like this ABC prayer, I like to say. Admit that you're a sinner, believe Jesus Christ died for you, and confess with your mouth, hey, I'm in. However you want to say that, because God knows your heart. He knit you together in your mother's womb, it says. He saw you in that hidden place. You talk about a love, man. I mean, like he, everything about you, he put together. And he sat there in, in the quiet, making you. He's like, man, I, I know you so much because I put you together. I know how you work. I know how you think. I know how you feel. I know right now you feel lonely and lost. I'm here. I love you. Just, just come home. 
That's the gospel. It's not really much harder than that. It's not about religion. It's not about do's and don'ts, wrongs and rights. It's about a relationship. It's about a relationship with the God of the universe that's running after you with, a, with reckless abandonment. I love that song. That, you know, There's no shadow you won't light up. There's no mountain you won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down coming after me. That's the gospel. That's a love that's stupid. It's so stupid. He loves you so much. I'm just overwhelmed right now. He just... And there's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do to make him love you more. He loves you. And he's going, man, I got so much to show you. It's, just, it's so simple. The gospel says you want real life, real purpose. You want to know what your life's really all about? Jump in. Follow me and I'll show you a love that you can't even stand. So that's what Romans, that's what Romans is all about. So I'm, I'm going to pray here in a second, but uh, I, I'm going to pray the prayer I prayed October 18th, 1994, when I was like, I'm done running, <laughs> I'm in. And it, it changed me like that. And the first thing I did, October 18th, I started reading the scripture. That's what you're going to start doing, right? Read the scripture. So I'm going to pray this prayer. It's simple. I remember the prayer that, prayer that Ted prayed a long time ago. I didn't tell him I was going to say this, but I just thought of it. It was from River Ridge. We said a long, I don't even know if we still do this, but I want Jesus to be my friend forever. He prayed that when he was like four. I believe God goes in. In. So I'm going to pray that prayer, and then I'm going to end, uh, I'm going to continue the prayer, but I'm going to end how Paul uh, ended the whole book of Romans as our last prayer. So if, if this is something you have not done, <laughs> to just be like, all right, I'm stacking hands. Just repeat this prayer after, after me in your own heart. Um, it's simple. Or, or, you know, go home, pray however you want. So let's pray. I'm going to pray this. Lord Jesus, I admit that I am, I just can't do this on my own anymore. I'm done. <laughs> done running. I admit that I'm just uh, a sinner. I believe that you died for me. That you rose again. And I confess that you are Lord. That you made me and you know me and you want in. I'm in right now, today. September 19th. Thank you, Lord, that you want to be my friend forever. Scripture says, now to him who is able to establish you by my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all nations might believe and obey him. To the only wise God be glory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen and amen.